You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Trying to get my mic aligned, Noah. I listen. Noah is a troubleshooter for everything, but he's usually in the control room. You know, we've got. Uh, let me see if you can see it right there. We've got a, a little magic marker stuck in. See right here, Noah. To try, but this 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 microphone. I guess you'd call this a rod, an arm, whatever it is. It does not want to be still. It, it likes to move on me, and you know me. I like to get it in a certain spot. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get it, I like it just to the left side of my monitor so I can talk into it without it being in the way of my monitor. So anyway, I'm trying to get it right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to the Gary Harris Show, this Halloween Eve edition, Wednesday morning, November 22, 2023. And I am just delighted that it feels a little bit like Thanksgiving outside. You know, Noah, we have had uh, another incredibly warm fall. I mean, it's it's been so warm, in fact, that even when it's gotten, you know, into the 60s, we've been claiming it was cool. Uh, But Thanksgiving is actually going to be seasonal. Uh, Thank goodness. We're nearly into November crisp and uh, or not crisp because it's overcast but nice and cool this morning gonna be cool today cool tonight and cool tomorrow for thanksgiving because i can't remember the last time that we had a really cool thanksgiving and it's not gonna be freezing or anything like that but the high tomorrow is gonna be in the 50s so uh it's you know it's gonna be a little bit more like thanksgiving i you know i remember a lot of thanksgiving thanksgivings when it's you know, 80 degrees, and, and I like it when it's, a, you know, a little bit cool. You're inside with family, and even if you go out in the afternoon and play the tag football game, you know, you want to be able to wear long sleeves. And, uh, you know, when you're inside getting ready for that big Thanksgiving meal <clears throat> with all of the hot apple cider and hot chocolate and coffee and things that people drink and a big plate of food, you know, you don't want it to be 100 degrees, not for Thanksgiving, so it's not. All right, listen, we are loaded today on the Gary Harris Show. Welcome in, everybody. Along with Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris, and we are here with the next uh, couple of hours talking sports and more, <clears throat> but because we're not going to be here tomorrow or Friday, we got a lot to squeeze in today. I mean, a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to run it all down for you in just a second, because we are busy as uh, little bees this morning uh, to keep this show up and running and keep it going, because we got so much to get in today, because I wanted to try to get as much in as I could, uh, especially with the Iron Bowl coming up, knowing that we're not going to be on the air tomorrow or Friday. All right, here is the... Uh, First hour sponsor, of course, Alabama Credit Union. We'll start right there. I love Alabama Credit Union. Love Steve Swafford and all the folks there, Tommy Cobb, everybody involved with the Credit Union First Class Organization. It's a lot better than being a customer at a bank when you can be a member at the Alabama Credit Union. I encourage you to visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. Yeah, Alabama Credit Union, ready for the holidays. Goodbye and see them. All right, here is the lineup. We're going to be moving fast and furious today with all kinds of stuff to get in. We're kind of combining, Noah, really, if you think about it, we're combining Wednesday and Friday because a lot of the 
things that we do on Friday. And that you know what that means too. We got to have the we got to have the, the the Friday music. Yeah, so I'm going to remind you there. Yeah, we're going to pick it up. Uh, no, just regular bumper music today. We're going to get you into the into the mood. So all the Friday theme music. We're going to treat this like it's a Friday going into Thanksgiving. Absolutely, because we won't be here on Friday. And um, that means we're going to get all that good music in for you as well. But we're lined up with a great guest list. Uh, the coach, Ellis Johnson, going to break down SEC football. He's going to be with us at 930. He's normally with us on Thursday, but we moved him up. At 10 o'clock, Drudy Armin, who we moved back from Tuesday to today because he had a uh, conflict yesterday. So we got talking ball with Drudy Armin. And then at 1030, we got the Auburn report with Brett Pritchard. So great guest today, all built around SEC college football and the Iron Bowl. Also, at 10.30, we are going to do the Bama football trivia. I put the uh, picture out on my Facebook and uh, Twitter page just yesterday. We're going to be giving away that Ironman print from T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall, courtesy of those uh, good folks there. And, of course, they got their big uh, Black Friday sale coming up at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery on Friday. Buy one item at regular price, get a similar item at half price off. But uh, I've got the picture out there, Gary Harris underscore WVUA, my Twitter page. It is gorgeous. It is the uh, Ironman print. Uh, signed by several members of the 2008 Alabama football team that beat Auburn 36 to nothing. It is a numbered print by artist Greg Gamble. You can see it on my social media pages. It's signed by Julio Jones. It's signed by uh, Mount Cody. It's signed by Eric Anders. And as I said, it's uh, numbered and signed by the artist as well. So beautiful print that we're going to give away today at 10.30 with our Bama football trivia. Also, my SEC point spread predictions uh, for the final time and... Uh, Looking forward to um, to that as always, and uh, I haven't even added up last week. It's just been a roller coaster for me getting through <laughs> getting through uh, every day. But uh, we'll do that uh, this morning as well. Of course, your phone calls are welcome on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline at. Um 205-342-9904 and download that app if you haven't already. Uh, that's something that everybody just loves. The Tide 109 app is available to be downloaded and you can also send in your um, answers to the trivia question on the app. Noah monitors that and we, uh, we've gotten we've had several winners off the app in addition to people that have called in. So that's a, a note there as well. But uh, we're ready to go here. Um, if you want to call in with your Iron Bowl score prediction, you can do that as well. Uh, your, uh, you know, what you think about the game, how you think it's going to go down. I made my prediction last night on Tider Insider TV, Noah, so I might as well go ahead and give it to, to everybody. Um, obviously, with the point spread predictions, I've got Alabama winning 32 to 13. And people say, why not 31? Well, I just feel like a weird number uh, for Alabama down there. Uh, maybe a who knows, safety or what? How, how they get to 32. But I like Alabama to cover the point spread, so I've got the tide going 32-13. I just believe that, uh, um, you know, that Alabama's a better football team. Uh, and again, for all the things that have happened negatively to Alabama, Jordan Hare, Nick Saban still managed to go 4-4 four and four in their stadium. So I believe that he's got a... He's got a win in him on Saturday, and the Crimson Tide will move into that SEC championship game at 11-1. and So I've got the Tide, um, tide getting it done at Jordan-Hare on Saturday afternoon. But what do you think? I'd love to hear from you. All right, before we get to our first break, uh, since we've laid, down, uh, laid out everything that's going to be happening today, uh, the college football playoff rankings, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the way this thing is shaped up, Ooh. yeah, I mean – Alabama doesn't look like it's going to move up unless the people lose in front of them. I just think they're they're locked in there. All right, here's the only – I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it now. Um, you know, 
I've gone back and forth with Barry a little bit, and I still believe that if Alabama makes it to 12-1 and and beats Georgia, that they're not going to have a college football playoff the final year of the 14 playoff without a team from the SEC, and they're not going to bypass a 12-1 and Alabama that went 9-0 and in the conference. Um, having said that, they certainly seem like they're committed to this weird formula, but just quit saying it's about the four best teams. It's not about the four best teams. If you want to call it the most, the four most deserving teams or the four, you know, the four teams that, you know, it's in terms of symmetry, this is what we think should happen. And, you know, final year of the PAC 12 and all of this stuff, then just come out. So, but don't say it's the four best teams because that is not the truth. That's not what you're trying to do here. You're not trying to get the four best teams. You know, don't say that. If you think the team's more deserving than Alabama, then just say it. These are the four most deserving teams. Because last year, and I know they beat Michigan. I keep hearing that. TCU is not one of the four best teams. All right? They weren't. Everybody knew it. And still they got in the playoff. So quit saying it's about the four best teams. So there was a, a move as Washington moved ahead of Florida State. Uh, that's the thing that uh, that everybody's looking at. Alabama is still at number eight. But uh, Washington moves into that number four spot with Florida State losing their quarterback, Jordan Travis. But um, Oregon State at six as Florida State fell to five. Texas is seven. Alabama is at eight. Uh, All those teams are 10 and one on the season. Of course, the big thing there is that Alabama lost to Texas, as we know, uh, earlier in the year. So, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. And all I can tell you is this. I still believe if Alabama is 12-1 and and 9-0 and in the SEC and beats the Georgia Bulldogs, who will probably be on a 29-game winning streak at that point, then um, I think they're going to be in the playoff. But a lot of people disagree with me. All right, it's 12 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. We're off and running on this busy. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a TGIF edition. It's not Friday, but it's kind of like Friday. And we're headed into Thanksgiving. So we got all the weekend music for you to get you ready. We've got uh, our Mammoth Football Trivia Contest at 1030. My SEC point spread predictions. Great guest. Welcoming your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. And we'll be back with the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and Tide, uh, 1230 AM WTBC. And also when we get back, I know uh, Barry mentioned it, but I'll uh, go ahead and give you the details. As I'll be on the uh, Nick Saban radio show tonight as the media guest. And we'll talk about that when we come back on the other side right here stay with us this season of alabama football brought to you by pearl river resort choctaw mississippi your destination for casino thrills family fun and live entertainment from the university of alabama this is crimson tide today it's a daily update on bama sports and it's brought to you by Kaneka sausage a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoke sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at KanekaSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Tuesday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow. And getting off to a good start, really key, not only against Chattanooga, but against Kentucky as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and it all came to uh, how we pro- approached the game. You know, not letting external factors get into the game is all about us. You know, and that was a um, key element to um, what we needed to do um, to be successful. Now this football team gets back on the road. What's allowed this group to have success in road games this year? I think the biggest thing um, we had was how we approached the week. I think that was number one, you know, starting with today, um, on Monday, you know, it was how we approached the week. And we have a great great locker room with um, guys constantly wanting to leave, uh, whether they're the upperclassmen 
and uh, the younger guys, you know, we have a great locker room. So that's a key element for us. I'll have more in a moment. Kaneka Sausage is an Alabama tradition and a fan favorite. Made fresh in evergreen Alabama since 1947, Kaneka Sausage is the best-tasting hickory smoked sausage you'll ever put in your mouth. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Pick up some today where you buy groceries. Kaneka Sausage, the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Join us tonight for a special Wednesday edition of Hey Coach and the Nick Saban Show, presented by Alpha Insurance, starting at 6.30 p.m. across our radio network, the Varsity Network app. And don't forget to watch the video screen on the Alabama Athletics social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Conecuh Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients at as much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becomes partially sunny today, noticeably cooler, the high 54, clear tonight, the low 36. Tomorrow for Thanksgiving, partly to mostly sunny, the high 57, and Friday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 917, yay Alabama, getting us in uh, Iron Bowl mode as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. And then it's a uh, football Friday. And then, of course, it's a rivalry Saturday. And uh, we're ready to get you uh, in the spirit here on the Gary Harris Show for all of those a events. Smackdown Saturday. Yeah, yeah. man. We're, 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 we're ready to get you ready for Thanksgiving, football Friday. And as Noah just said, a Smackdown Saturday down on the Plains. And as I mentioned earlier, headed into the break, I am the media guest, uh, I'm often the media guest this particular week, and of course, it's great. I love I love being the media guest for the Iron Bowl, uh, but I'm often the media guest this week because, uh, in fact, it is Thanksgiving, and I'm locally based. And uh, um, I was uh, the media. I checked back because I remember being on there two years ago when uh, Coach Saban had that that rant that he went on about that went all over and went viral. And then last year was a little more low key. But I was, I'd forgotten that I was on last year too, Noah. <laughs> but, but I'm back uh, tonight and looking forward to that. And you can, of course, Hey Coach leads into the Nick Saban Show. You can hear it here on Tide 109 and also on the Bear 95.3. So I'm looking forward. Always the chance to sit up there next to Coach and, and Eli and, um, you know, be a part of that program. I appreciate uh, Josh Maxson, the University of Alabama Football Sports Information Director, for asking me, and I'm looking forward to being up there. And I'm also going to put some stuff out on social media, uh, on my Facebook page and, and Twitter, how you can send me a question, and I'll try to select one question from uh, the fans tonight. All right, it is uh, time to get uh, out on the First Domain Condos hotline. First up is Tom, and then we'll get to Philip. Good morning, Tom. 
Jerry, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you. I hope tomorrow is a, a day of feast and enjoyment for you. Well, I hope so, too. Uh, you know, I'm praying that my mom has been in the hospital since Saturday, and I'm hoping she gets released no, today. Yeah, that. she has. I just hadn't wanted to mention it because I was hopeful that she would get out. But uh, um, I'll find out I more. I am so sorry, Gary. I hope she uh, they let her out today so she can be with y'all. I do, too. So I'll have to talk to my uh, sister when I get off the show. But either way, I'm going to uh, – if I don't um, – if she's not out, then I'll I'll eat with my sister and her family and then go to see my mom. So um, one way or the other, it, it'll be a good Thanksgiving, that's for sure. Well, I hope so. I, I'm sorry to hear that about your mother. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Gary, uh, and also uh, – I, I'm proud of the fact that uh, Josh has enough uh, foresight to have a local uh, celebrity on the um, the call uh, on the coaches show uh, this week. I, I appreciate him for doing that, and uh, and I think you've done a good job with Coach uh, when you've been on there. So I think they ought to make that annual uh, if it's any way possible. So. Congratulations on that. Thanks, Tom. Now, let's get down to business. Okay. I suspect that you don't share the same uh, sentiments about Jordan Hare Stadium that a lot of us in Bama Nation share. And I'm talking about the, the fact that it's an Indian barrel ground. <laughs> it's, it's got voodoo, boo-boo on it. And uh, so forth and so on. I, I think your approach to the venue, away venue for Auburn, is a more practical approach. Am I correct? That's on probably that? true. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think okay, I was well, some heartbreaking, right gut wrenching losses down there. But that's uh, true. But I, and we, the the Bama Nation uh, conspiracy theory, <laughs> theory, and I'm the president of it. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I am. And uh, and also, I'm vice president of QAnna. And um, so, uh, we think that there is a spell and has been a spell against Alabama that if things didn't, if we didn't play exactly perfect when we were on the road down there, then we, uh, we, we would succumb to the powers of the dark side and uh, lose the game. But I, I submit to you this morning, and I think that uh, Bryce came from California and was pure as a driven snow and as near perfect a, a young man as you could ever have. And kind of like a sacrifice that you would offer up, but we didn't have to kill him. But he went down there, and because of his purity and his goodness, he broke the spell of the voodoo people when he took a 99 and a half yards in less than uh, a minute and 20 seconds to win the game. Therefore, with all the devil worshipers, were crowding the hedges and the sidelines ready to rush the field and take down the goalposts, he quieted them and put them in their place. And I contend that the spell of the voodoo has been broken. 
Well, uh, I think that you're not the only one that feels that way, but that you laid it out well. So even if, yeah, even if there's been a voodoo curse, maybe that 98-yard drive with a minute and something to go and no timeouts, maybe that was uh, what what did it in. So if that's the case, I think, Tom, we'll see that Alabama is a better team, and I think that that'll play out over four quarters on Saturday afternoon, and I think they'll get the win. But I give it then well, again, you know, I do see what other people that are taking the other side see. I see an Auburn team that blew out Arkansas at home, and they still remember, even though Alabama was in, um, you know, they've gotten better all year long. The fact that they let Arkansas come back from a 24-6 deficit and wind up only winning that game by three, and the fact that they, you know, they they kicked it around down there in Tampa and and, and beat South Florida 17-3. to So if you're an Auburn fan, you can make a case, I think, why your team can hang in there. But uh, but I, I think that Alabama's going to be ready to go. Yeah, if you're grasping at straws of hope, then you probably could come up with a scenario like you just described. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can happen. We've seen it happen. 1972 was one of the most heart wrenching. Uh, and and do you know that? Uh, do you know the uh, the Newton twins from Fayette? Well, I know. I'm, obviously, I know Bill Newton. I don't know his. Uh, no, they they they're, they're great. I love yeah. those guys. But. <laughs> They love to rub it in. Oh yeah, and, and, the, and, the, and the late and the late great David Langer, you know, was lived in oh Tuscaloosa, God. and I yeah, got to interview him and be around him and a great guy too. But it's 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 one of the most ironic wins though ever because you're right. Even 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 they would tell you that uh, I had somebody tell me that you could have spotted the ball at the ten yard line and Auburn couldn't have scored, but uh, they. Uh, they got those two black punts, you know, with with Newton blocking them and, and Langer picking them up. It was it was just crazy. And Alabama didn't make an you know, adjustment Langer after the pick- after the first one. And and I'll tell you a funny story. I've told this before, but Gardner Jett, uh, when 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 Shrew Jordan kicked him in down sixteen to nothing, sent him in to kick that field goal. The Auburn fans booed. And it was a career-long field goal. I want to say it was 42 yards. That was the difference in the game. Because even if without the field goal, even the two touchdowns, they'd had had two two-point conversions just to tie. And I don't think they could have scored two two-point conversions. So, crazy game. I think Auburn had, what, 100, 100 yards of offense maybe in the game, if that? Yeah. yeah let, listen to this. You know Langer was the football coach over here at PA for a while. I did not know that. Uh-uh. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a guy loved that. But anyway, uh, yeah, he was the football coach over here. But I was going to tell you something. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but do you know uh, Coach Jordan was a war hero? Yes, uh, I, ab- absolutely, yes. Have you read that story? I think, I, you know, I always loved Coach Jordan. I, I know that people, oh, you uh, over did. Listen, people, let me tell you all how the cow eats the cabbage. Here's the deal. I do not hate Auburn. I do not. I love the school. I like people down there. My family members that went to school down there, they come out of Auburn and they did well. And I cannot hold that against Auburn. What I hate is losing to Auburn. Well, I know you do, and uh, hopefully you won't have to experience it. So do you, it. Gary. Go ahead and admit it. Oh, I do. I do. I do. I do, Tom. Well, you're fired up, and I can tell for the holiday. i got to get a couple other calls in, man, but uh, have, oh, a great, I, I have, have, have a great Thanksgiving, Tom. Appreciate it. All right, next up is Philip, and then we're going to try to squeeze in Lewis. Good morning, Philip. Hey, Gary. I, I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and, and good luck to your mom. Thank you so okay. much. Appreciate that. Gary, I just think we're better than Auburn. It doesn't mean anything. Sometimes you just can get upset, but I think Alabama's better across the board. I think Alabama's uh, top 44 players on 
both sides of the ball are, are better than that top 44. Mm-hmm. And I think Alabama's going to win 30-17. to 17. Um, Hopefully it won't be a, a crazy four-overtime game like it was two years ago. I can't stand that. But I just feel like it's going to be a, a, a pretty solid win, and um, hopefully Alabama can get off to a good start. Well, yeah, I think the good start's, you know, critical if you can do it. If you can go on the road and, and get on top early and kind of silence them a little bit, uh, the longer you let them stay in the game, the more difficult it's going to be. So, um, you know, I think Alabama the last couple of weeks has got off to great starts at Kentucky and obviously at home against Chattanooga. That was something they struggled with at, at, in some of those wins that they had was getting off to slow starts. So, uh, But they've started fast, started hot the last couple of weeks. I don't see any reason to think that they won't uh, on Saturday afternoon, and, and I'm expecting Alabama to play well in the game. There you go, and, and it's a, a festive show tonight on Hey Coach. It's always yeah, a, man. a lot of fun. Always, yep. Yeah, this is this is a great one. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. And uh, and again, take care, Gary. Thank and you, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. We appreciate it. All right, let's get Lewis in in the last couple of minutes here before we have to hit the break. Good morning, Lewis. Hey, Gary. Love the show, and I hope you you and your family have a happy Thanksgiving. You know, I, I like what Tom said about uh, Bryce Young kind of breaking that breaking that uh, voodoo spell. You know, they were rolling those trees, literally rolling the trees while he was in, uh, engineering that long drive to take it into overtime. They thought they had it in the bag. But listen, let me tell you, I, I love how this season has progressed and the team's gotten better. I, my, I am thankful living in Nashville, Tennessee, that we shut those balls up. I had to listen to them. I had to see how they acted when they – got that win last year man 16 out of 17 that's something to be thankful for roll tide gary have a good weekend thank you lewis appreciate you all right it's 9 29 we're gonna get to the break and when we come back the coach ellis johnson is gonna break it all down for us including the iron bowl remember he coached on both sides of this rivalry at alabama twice and at auburn in fact he was the defensive coordinator we'll get him to tell the kick six story as well when we come back with coach ellis johnson right here on the gary harris show Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted, Alabama! Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide battle Auburn in the 88 Iron Bowl in the season finale. Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. It's time for the coach, Ellis Johnson, who moved up a day uh, with Thanksgiving to be, uh, being tomorrow so that we could get him on and uh, have him break down all this uh, SEC football, including, of course, the Iron Bowl. Good morning, coach. 
Good morning, Gary. Great to have you. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, let's, uh, we always try to kind of do a little recap and look ahead. A lot of games last week uh, that we're not going to have time to really get into because I definitely want to focus on this Saturday. But let's start with, uh, before we jump into the Iron Bowl, what happened last week. Alabama did what we expected them to do. They were very sharp in taking care of Chattanooga 66 to 10. But, uh, and we've seen this happen before, but. I don't know if Auburn was preparing for Alabama. I don't know if they were feeling good about their three-game win streak. I don't know what happened. But uh, not only did they lose to New Mexico State, I guess the shocking part was, Coach, that they just uh, they got they got manhandled. Um, I mean, they got yeah. beat 31-10, to 10 and, and the score was, was represent, you know, representative of the game. They got doubled up in yardage. They lost the line of scrimmage. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't stop the run. Uh, and I know Jerry Kill's a good coach, and but still, they were 0-24 or 0-25 all time against the SEC. That was a that was a shocking outcome to me. What do, what do you make of the Auburn loss to New Mexico State? Yeah, an upset wouldn't have shocked me. Uh, New Mexico State is a good football team this year. They're going to end up probably with 10 or more wins. Uh, but Auburn had been playing real well, and, and I expected them to take care of business, especially at home. But uh, – the thing that jumped out at me, I kept trying to look at it. I didn't see but a little bit of the end of the game because of another game. But you know, the, the defense had been really the foundation of success this year. We've been playing great all year. And I, somehow New Mexico State was able to keep the football. And I mean, the possession time was, was unbelievably tilted. And Auburn ran 45 snaps. Yeah, that's unheard of. I mean, you, you play against wishbone teams. You get maybe 45 snaps. Right. And as a result, you know, you look at it, and you think Peyton Thorne laid an egg. He didn't play that bad. He was 15 or 19, and his passes averaged almost eight yards of reception, and he didn't throw an interception. But they didn't have the football. Right. And uh, I was a little shocked at how their defense could not uh, get the ball back and get, get uh, New Mexico off the field. Yeah, so you, uh, you take that loss, and obviously, you know, if you're – if you're Auburn fans, you're trying to spin it into, well, you know, they got it, you know, nothing to lose now. And um, I guess there's some truth to that a little bit. I mean, you know, Freeze is about where a lot of people thought he would be. They're bowl eligible. They'll either be uh, seven, five, or six and six. Uh, they've got Alabama at home. And, you know, they're a 14 and a half point underdog. So I guess in, in some ways, you've been on both sides of these rivalries. You've been a favorite and you've been an underdog. Uh, if you're Auburn, does it kind of free you up just to say, hey, man, uh, we got we got nothing to lose. Let's just, let's just obviously, you got to bring more energy than they brought last week. But in some ways, uh, can you find a positive after getting embarrassed at home? I guess is what I'm asking you. Yeah, I mean, this next game is not going to be about what happened to New Mexico State. I mean, their players will be over that in two practices, but it, it just it just killed a lot of momentum that they had going steadily, confidence building, playing better, uh, and, and they still, you know, have some things that they're doing well, but it was probably a very disappointing loss. I don't see it having any effect on this game whatsoever because they were going to come in as a heavy underdog either way. Uh, their particular strengths and weaknesses give them a, a slight chance, you know, to upset Alabama. The, the story right now, those Alabamas are playing so well. And I know they piled up some stats on Chattanooga, but they were playing well anyhow. Two things can be true. Uh, and the explosive plays that they're putting on people early in ball games, and then I don't, don't want to jinx it, but Milrow is taking care of the football. Mm-hmm. He's not turning the football over. And as long as they do that, defense they have uh you know it doesn't matter what happened to Auburn last game it's gonna be hard to beat Alabama 
Coach, you've got a unique perspective on this rivalry because you coached at both schools, and you're one of you know a, a number of guys that have done that. But uh, coached at Alabama twice under Coach Stallings and under Coach DeBose, and of course uh, under Malzahn uh, at, at Auburn for for two years. And I'll get to the kick six in a moment. But uh, you you know you've seen it from from both sides. Uh, I mean, when you're coaching, you know you're focused on your team in the game. But from a rivalry standpoint, um, you know, is it? And we know what kind of you know what it means to both fan bases, but you know, for Auburn, uh, kind of having been you know Alabama being you know arguably the greatest program in the history of college football, are right there in the conversation. And Auburn's had a good program, but have kind of been you know the little brother type of of of, of syndrome. What what are the differences uh, in the, in the rivalry from the two perspectives of being at Auburn and being at Alabama, if any? Well, it, obviously they both take it really seriously and both uh, take a lot of pride in it. Uh, when I look for differences in it, I really don't see a lot. Both fan bases care deeply about the game. And, and then, you know, although Alabama's had a lead on the series and it's had more national success, Auburn has still had national championships and they've won SEC championships. And, and they've at times beaten Alabama when they had one of their best teams. So it's, it's a game where everybody feels they got a shot no matter how you come into the game. I remember one unique thing. When I was at Alabama my first run, and they had been like seven or eight years since they'd beaten Tennessee. And and as two seasons, I think, maybe went by, and it seemed like to me there was more buzz around the building and, and so forth when we would get ready to play Tennessee than we would get ready to play Auburn. And I said to Mike Dubos one time, I must have sounded like an idiot, I said, you know, it sometimes seems like the Tennessee game is bigger than the Auburn game around here. And he looked me in the eye. He said, you ain't lost to Alden yet. <laughs> and I, I knew right then, this this was a dude that played on the field, but coached. And, I mean, you know, he, he was a Bama boy. And he, he looked at me like I was crazy. He said, you hadn't lost to him yet. And so it, it's it's blood for both sides. But the other thing I'll say about the robbery, I've coached in the Carolina Clemson. I've coached in Ole Miss, Mississippi State, many, many others. But it seemed like the respect between the players in this rivalry was always a little bit more class, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any on-the-field fights. I don't remember a lot of pregame incidences. I don't remember a lot of stuff. And every one of those other uh, rivalries that I mentioned have had incidences like that. Mm-hmm. Now, with all the portal stuff, I don't know if that would ever change. But it just seemed like there was a, there was a, a mutual respect between the two teams all time. Yeah, and you've been a part of some memorable Iron Bowls. I mean, going back to Coach Stallings' first year in 1990, and you guys did win win three in a row uh, after Alabama lost four in a row. Uh, you were on the staff uh, with Coach DeBose in 97 on the on the Bruce Arian screenplay to Ed Sissom. And then you were, of course, uh, uh, the defensive coordinator in 99 when Alabama won for the first time at Jordan-Hare. Uh, and you were part of that team. And, of course, obviously, on the other side, you were part of the kick six in 2013, one of the greatest games in the history college football and i want you to tell that story i know you've told it before once you tell it again because uh you know alabama uh, had had a chance to put that game away it didn't happen uh auburn tied it up and then alabama got the ball and and uh you know got in position to try a long long field goal and uh tell the story of how it came about uh you know for chris davis to get that return yeah well but the draw play they ran got about 15 extra yards than it should have we had a guy miss a tackle but it got out of bounds and they were contesting whether it was a second on the clock. And so that little one second seems like a fraction of time. And like everything just happened, the whole life of football happened in one second. But 
there was, was an appeal on the play. We had minutes, not not seconds. We had minutes to talk it over. Mm-hmm. Gus was the one. He felt like he'd bring his kicker out. They had two kickers that year. One had the that more length. The other one was more consistent. And he said, you know, this, this kid can reach it. And I said, Gus, I think they'll try Hail Mary. But if they do bring the kicker out there, we need to put somebody back deep, try to run it back. We don't have anything to lose. So we, we talked it all over. We'd never worked on it. Uh, actually, Coach Garner handled practice uh, every day with kickoff and field goal PAT team. And we didn't have anything like that in our repertoire. But we went over it, and we had to switch Chris Davis with another kid because Chris was usually the guy coming off the edge to block the kick. Mm-hmm. And we needed him back there to return it. So we switched them. And then they brought the kicker out, sure enough. And so Gus iced him with a timeout, and we had more time to polish it up a little bit. But we'd never practiced it. And I'll tell you, the, the thing that's most impressive to me about it is the way our kids executed. Chris took the ball. He started a vertical straight up the field to pull him in, and then he broke it out to the sideline, uh, almost perfect. Uh, we had three or four blocks on that thing that looked like he worked on it every day for 10 minutes. And it just was so well executed and we you know we were playing on house money if it didn't didn't work you know we're still going into overtime that's right but uh you know so it wasn't a lot of pressure but uh what is a heck of a play and uh i got up the other day and it was the first thing i read on a little esp website was kick six is the most unusual play ever in the auburn alabama game and then it said the most unbelievable off the field incident was when harvey updike poisoned the trees so I started reading. I said, "Well, I guess I'm forever linked with Harvey Updike." <laughs> How about that? I mean, that is a great story to tell, and <laughs> and uh, what a, what an unbelievable game. But you know, had you not suggested that, there's a chance that that ball could have just landed harmlessly and had gone to overtime. We don't know what would have happened, but what a what a game! And like I said, you've been a part of a lot of memorable ones. All right, this one coming up Saturday. Um, how do you see it? How do you see it playing out? I just, you know, if Alabama plays well. Uh, I just don't see it coming out any other way, but a solid Alabama win. Uh, I do think the key, if Auburn can keep it close early and keep that crowd in it, because it is one of the louder stadiums, and I know the fans will come excited. Uh, Alabama's been doing such a great job the last several weeks of getting two or three explosive plays early in the game and getting on the board real quick. If they do that and they get the crowd out of it, it'll get lopsided, I'm afraid. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a good game. I hope Auburn's defense will come to play and uh, they take care of the football. If they don't turn it over and they play good defense, uh, they can keep their crowd in it. You know, they'll have a shot. But I think it'll it'll be tough unless all, unless Alabama lays an egg. And they've certainly been playing good football lately. Yeah, they have. All right, Coach, it's rivalry weekend. I'm going to get to the, the other rivalries. But just looking back at the weekend, uh, last weekend, real quickly in a few games, uh, you know, program you're very close to, South Carolina, uh, got a huge win uh, for them against Kentucky. Um, you know, low-scoring game, um, and just kind of kind of gutted it out in that one. But a big, big win for, for Shane Beamer and his uh, staff. Yeah, ugly game, 300 yards, not accomplished by either side. Uh there weren't many turnovers, but all three of them were on the Kentucky side. And that was the key of the game. Uh, South Carolina, I think uh, Rattler was probably as, as ineffective as he's been all year. But he takes care of the football. If the guy was playing with a really good lineup, I, I think he'd be one of the best yeah, in the conference. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, yeah. I, if you can run for 50 yards and you can be 5 or 14 
and you can only get 17 first downs, uh, and you can win the ball game. I, you know, I just, it's almost like it was an unreal thing, but the credit goes to Shane for the way his players are playing right now as far as their attitude and enthusiasm. Because, I mean, this was a team that lost four games in a row, and now they've won three in a row. Uh, and they've got a shot, you know, Clemson coming in, a big rival, got a chance, you know, to finish up on a great note and sneak into a bowl game. Yeah, indeed. And uh, we'll get to what they got coming up this weekend in a moment. Also, uh, I know you're close to Billy Napier. My gosh, man. I mean, it happens in college football. We just talked about the kick six, but, you, you know, Florida got that lead. And, I, you know, you got a fourth and 17. I don't even know if Missouri had a timeout. I can't remember. But I thought Florida had that game one, and you wind up, they drive it down, kick a field goal to beat you 33-31. I mean, great win for Missouri. Keeps a, a magical season for them going. But it's been that kind of year for Florida. Outside of the win over Tennessee, boy, they've had some tough losses, Coach. Yeah, it sure has. And, I, you know, you go back, I remember listening on the radio, one of uh, Missouri's earliest games, and they had to kick a plus-50 field goal to beat Kansas State. And, uh, you know, it was a huge win, but, uh, that guy has kicked more over 50-yard field goals, I think, than anybody in the country this year. But really the difference, I mean, they both had a, right at 500 yards offense. They both had a lot of passing offense. Both had a lot of running offense. Bottom line, Missouri's plus two in the turnovers. Didn't turn the ball over, and they end up on top. And I know it was some decisions that could have been made differently in different situations by both teams. But once again, if you're, if you're plus two in the turnovers, you better have had a lopsided game, or you, you you're probably gonna lose a football game. And uh, Georgia did what Georgia does. I mean, uh, you know, Tennessee jumped out seven nothing. Boy, that place was electric after that touchdown. And from that point on, it was thirty eight to three. The dogs went thirty eight to ten, and and uh, they seem to be hitting on all cylinders now. Yeah, they seem to be getting better each week, just like Alabama does. And I think, you know, we probably shouldn't jump too far ahead, but I think we're headed for one of the best football games of the season when those two lock up next week, you know, the following week. Uh, Tennessee is really slipping. And their defense has been really good early in the year, a great improvement over last year. Uh, they're not playing real well right now. They're not terrible, but they're not playing real well. And, and that high-powered offense, they're not completing a lot of passes and, and for a lot of yardage, so. Uh, it was pretty convincing, and I think it could have even been uglier after that first shot they got. You know, it just basically was nothing the rest of the game. Two of 11 on third down. All right, Coach, let's get uh, – we're going to have to go through these pretty quickly. We've already done the Iron Bowl. Uh, Greg Knox, I think, is doing a good job in Mississippi State. They had a nice one over Southern Miss. Egg Bowl. Um, Tomorrow night, you've been a part of this one too, and, I, and you and I have talked about this. Alabama Auburn gets a lot more, a lot more publicity. But I've I've worked in that state and covered that game. I'm not sure as far as a rivalry uh, that gets overlooked. There, you talk about the Iron Bowl being respectful. The, the Ole Miss Mississippi State games had some animosity at times. It's in Starkville, uh, Mississippi State. Of course, you know interim coach with Greg Knox. Ole Miss has had a great year with Lane Kiffin, but uh, the Egg Bowls. You know, I've seen big upsets in that in that series, and you have too. Yeah, a little bit like the Auburn-Alabama game, the underdog is hosting, and we'll give them a chance, you know, maybe pull the upset. But I see a tremendous difference in these two teams. And uh, if Ole Miss can just get about three key stops on defense, I think they'll win uh, convincingly. Uh, it, but it is a big game for both sides. I, it, the majority of it starts in recruiting. 
uh, it's like both of you going in the backyard to get your players every day. And uh, once they get to each respective universe, there's a lot of animosity between the boosters that got them. So it's a, it's a pretty nasty rivalry, Gary. Yeah, it is. All right. Um, when you look at Florida State at Florida, uh, you know, both teams are on their backup quarterbacks now. Florida State's unbeaten, but that, that line is kind of low, which which tells me that, the you know, the folks that do the point spread uh, trying to get action on both sides feel like this is going to be a competitive game. How do you see it? I, I think they must be worried about the quarterback situation. And when you've got a player as good as Jordan Travis and you lose him, I, I, you know the people are going to factor that in when they start doing the line. The, the only thing, though, is, and I know it was North Alabama, but they finished the game. He was gone in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and they didn't miss a beat. And so, I, you know, I think it remains to be seen if it's going to affect them that bad. Now, it's going to be three or four plays a game that Jordan Travis could make and then and the next kid can't make. But I think this kid's probably a lot better people think he is. He just happened to be playing behind the high candidate. And, and if they keep their consistency on offense, and their defense keeps playing as well as they've been playing this year, I, I think they're probably going to beat Florida. And, uh, Florida's not going to end up with six wins, which would be very unusual. South Carolina went into Clemson last year and, and stunned the Tigers. Uh, now they've got the game at home, and it's a night game at Williams-Brice. That place is going to be cranking, and Beamer's had an up-and-down year. Uh, so has Dabo, for that matter. This is all of a sudden a, a big game uh, for both these head coaches, I think. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, Clemson secured a bowl. They uh, they won some games now and kind of got their kind of got their identity back. Uh, they got to keep. They got to take care of the football. They still lost two fumbles, uh, beating North Carolina. But uh, North Carolina is a heck of a lot better talented, more talented team than South Carolina. Beat them early in the year. I mean, if Clemson plays well, they win the game. But here we go again. The underdog is hosting, and it's a night game. And in South Carolina's home stadium now, Freddie Kitchens told me one time it was the loudest stadium he's ever played in. And he said it was a communication was tougher than any stadium he's ever played in. Now, this is a guy that's played in all the SEC stadiums. So it can be a factor. And if Clemson doesn't get the fans out of it pretty early in the game, I think this is going to be a tight football game. Clemson plays well. They win the game. They've got better football players. But you have to give Shane a lot of credit for the way these kids are playing each week after what they've been through midseason. Coach Louisville, and we got a, about a minute here. Uh, Louisville's fighting for, uh, you know, a potential spot in the college football playoff. They can beat Kentucky and then knock off Florida State in the ACC championship game. Kentucky, man, it, it's kind of gone south on uh, Coach Stoops and company, but, uh, um, you know, they could help make their season with a win at Louisville on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think Louisville's a better football team. I don't know if I would have said that six weeks ago, but I think they're a better football team. They play more consistent, consistently. I'm not sure they're quite as stout on the defense, but they just about are, and offensively, they're much more productive. Uh, I, I really think Louisville's got a good chance to win out, and it'll it'll depend on you know we'll know a little bit more about Florida State without their quarterback after Saturday's game, but they've got a shot to win out and win the ACC. I don't think an ACC champion with a loss. We'll get in the playoffs, but they can certainly shoot for it, and that'll be a motivator for them. Sure. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, have a great uh, Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Gary. Enjoy it. Thank you. Coach Ellis Johnson with us. It's 953. We'll take a break, come back, and wrap up this hour of the Gary Harris Show right after this.
It's back, the Captain Ray and Randy College Football Forecast. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming partially sunny today, noticeably cooler, the high 54. Clear tonight, the low 36. Tomorrow for Thanksgiving, partly to mostly sunny, the high 57. And Friday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's not Friday, but as I said, we're not going to be with you on Friday. So we're going to go ahead and play the Friday first hour getaway song by The Cure. Friday, I'm in love because we're heading into Thanksgiving. So it's kind of like a long weekend for a lot of people. For a lot of people, it is a long weekend. I mean, it is. You'll be off. You'll be off tomorrow, and you'll be off Friday, and you'll be off the weekend. I am gonna uh, be off working Friday night uh, with, at the TV station, and we'll be uh, we'll have a crew live down at uh, the Iron Bow Friday evening for live coverage at five and ten on WVUA twenty three. Uh, but uh, still, we're gonna get you out of this first hour feeling like uh, we're excited. So crank it back up with the cure and take us home. And this hour has been brought to you by Alabama. Credit Union, and we'll be back with the second hour of the program right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. It's 2011. Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. NBA in-season tournament action on Tuesday. The Lakers rolled past the Jazz 131-99 as LeBron James eclipsed the 39,000-point mark for his career. The Lakers finished group play a perfect 4-0. Elsewhere, Suns beat the Blazers 120-107 as Kevin Durant had 31 points. Pacers clinched their group as they topped the Hawks 157-152. Tyrese Halliburton had 37. In NFL news, in an interview with HBO Sports, Colts owner Jim Irsay said that his 2014 DUI arrest was because of police prejudice against him for being a rich white billionaire. NFL media reports Bucks corner Jamel Dean is week to week with an ankle injury suffered during Sunday's loss to the 49ers. And at the Maui Invitational, number four Marquette beat number one Kansas 73 to 59. Always live. 
always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. The no burn order is no longer in effect anywhere in Alabama. One to two inches of rainfall over the last few days did the trick. The rebranding of the Tuscaloosa Amp downtown to the Mercedes-Benz Amphitheater is bringing with it a 10-year plan to upgrade VIP and artist experiences, according to a presentation made to the Tuscaloosa City Council Projects Committee. And the city of Tuscaloosa will no longer accept plastic film wrap to be recycled, meaning residents will now have to throw away grocery bags, dry cleaning bags, and cereal box liners. For the latest local news, in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide Kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama Sports and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. The Gary Harris Show. I'm your host, Gary Harris. No Haynes right there in the control room uh, doing all the uh, heavy lifting and uh, getting us through another hour. And we got a great second hour. Treating this almost like a Friday as well, since we're not going to be here on Friday. But uh, this hour is being brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, dedicated to serving our clients' integrity and excellence of the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike Comer's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients, does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we are going to jump out on the first of Man Condos hotline and kick off this second hour with the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman from 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville. He had a conflict yesterday, but able to be with us today. And uh, we are excited that uh, we got Drew to break down the Iron Bowl and other college football and basketball topics. Good morning, Drew. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Gary. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving to all the Tide Nation out there and all the listeners. We appreciate uh, being on today. Uh, we're actually headed out uh, to West Morgan High School right now. As you know, in your area, there's still several Tuscaloosa area schools uh, going to be playing on Friday night. West Morgan uh, is having uh, maybe their historically their best season ever. They're going to be going up against Cherokee County uh, in the uh, quarterfinals on Friday night at Trinity at West Morgan. And uh, it's the, it'll, if they win, it'll be the first semifinal in school history. And uh, they're 12-0, and 0, I think, for the first time in school history. And they're the highest scoring team, I think, in the AHSAA. Drew Phillips has done a great job out there. They're taking on a Cherokee County team that made the 4A finals last year. So, great matchup. And we're honoring them as our Bryant Bank Team of the Week. So, we're going out there to see them right now. Well, I hear you, Drew, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned high school. We, it, it, this is that time of the year with holidays and college football rivalries and basketball cranking up, but we're we're winding it down uh, for uh, you know the, the trip to Tuscaloosa for the Super Seven here in a couple of weeks. So, a uh, big high school football weekend coming up. Of course, a huge weekend in college football. It's rivalry weekend, not quite to the same extent that it once was, Drew. There was a time, as you know, when all the major rivalries minus. A couple were held that final weekend. Now some of them have been moved up, but not the Iron Bowl. It's the final regular season game for both Alabama and Auburn. Alabama, 14 and a half point favorite at Jordan Hare on Saturday. Drew, of course, we know last uh, two years ago there were 
three touchdown plus favorite and very fortunate to win that game. Uh, Auburn coming off an embarrassing home loss in New Mexico State. Alabama seems to be hitting on all cylinders pretty much. Uh, how do you see this Iron Bowl playing out? Auburn, I know their, their fans are counting on the, you know, the Jordan Hare magic to keep them in the game, but uh, this Alabama team, at least on paper, is a much better team than Auburn, right? Well, I think they are. I think they're a better team in the most important area, which is the line of scrimmage along the offensive and defensive lines. I think uh, they they check they have, they have the check mark at every uh, position uh, as far as uh, uh, you know, a wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback, um, you know, O line, uh, and then when you go to defensive line, yes, Alabama has the better defensive line. I think they've got the better linebacker core. Uh, with Auburn's injuries in the secondary, I think Alabama definitely, and Alabama's development back there, I think Alabama has the best secondary. I think the only, uh, you know, position group where it's a push is special teams. Uh, Got to give Auburn credit. They they grow kickers on trees, and McPherson is a great yep. kicker. Uh, but Will Riker's got a chance with, I think, 10 points to break the NCAA record. So, to me, that's a push. Oscar Chapman is, a, is an outstanding punter. Uh, but I think so is, uh, you know, James Burnup. And then you look at it. Here's where it's kind of interesting. Keontae Scott's been out hurt, and he's back for Auburn, and he took a punt to the house the other day. Well, I think Alabama found a punt returner in their last game, and that's Caleb Downs, a freshman All-American. He's got 90 tackles on defense, Gary, as you know. Uh, he's played like a veteran, and he's coming off a game with an explosive 85-yard punt return to the house. So, I think with Alabama finding a punt returner, it adds another dimension to their game. Kendrick Wall is doing a nice job in kickoff returns. So I think special teams might be a push, but Alabama has significant advantages offensively and defensively. And that's why I've picked the tie to cover in this game, 34-17. to 17. Yeah, I like your analysis a whole lot. Uh, if you're Auburn, though, and, and you're trying to – uh, you know, for Freeze and the company, this obviously would make their season. It, it would it, it would take a, you know, pretty mediocre season and turn it into a spectacular one. Uh, from an Auburn viewpoint and standpoint, what, what do they need to do to keep this game competitive and get it into the fourth quarter with, with a chance? Because we do know this. If, if they have a chance in the fourth quarter down there, wasn't the case two years ago, but more, more times often than not, if it's close, uh, they have a really good chance to win the game. Well, they have to shorten the game. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not even sure it's to their advantage to go fast because I think if you go three and out a lot, it gives Alabama's offense more possessions. I think they need to control the time of possession. I think they need to run the football but also be balanced. Uh, they need to use Peyton Thorne as both a runner and, and a passer. Uh, and I think they need to try to manufacture some explosive plays, whether it be by Jarquez Hunter breaking a long run or – you hit uh, Javarius Johnson or a, Ronaldo, a Rivaldo Fairweather, somebody you know, with a big play, a vertical play in the passing game. And then whether it's a block punt for a touchdown, a, a punt return, or uh, you know, or a, an INT. Like when they won the game in 19, Gary, they, they had two pick sixes. And that was huge in the game. They ended up winning 48-45. They're going to have to find a way probably to score either a special teams or a defensive touchdown against Alabama to have a shot. And they've got to win that plus-minus. Alabama's going to have to help Auburn. If Alabama can protect the football, control the time of possession, like, you know, uh, New Mexico State did, and, you know, and, and, and if Alabama can be balanced, 
and make some big plays vertically, which I think will be available uh, against this Auburn secondary, then I think Alabama can win it resoundingly, like I four seventeen. But again, it could go down to the latter stages of the fourth quarter if Alabama helps Auburn. But that's what it's going to take. If Alabama, but if Alabama can keep their penalties lately, they've been doing a better job. If they keep their penalties to five or less, and if they win the plus minus, and they can make some big plays. Uh, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams, especially offensively with Milrow with his legs and arm, then I think Alabama's going to win it, uh, you know, uh, it, by multiple scores. But again, if you're sloppy, if you have penalties, turnovers, uh, and you let the game go down to the latter stages of the fourth quarter, anything can happen, no question about it. Drew, uh, this is a big game for Alabama because chance to do for a couple things here. Number one, obviously, to, to stay unbeaten in the SEC and. Um, you know, keep your college football playoff hopes alive. But for Nick Saban, it's an opportunity for all the talk about the the, the Jordan-Hare uh, magic. If he wins this game, he'll have a winning record at Jordan-Hare against Auburn as the Alabama coach. He'll be 5-4. and four. And it's also an opportunity for Alabama to win four in a row in the series, something they have not done since Coach Bryant. I mean, uh, you know, Coach Bryant won nine in a row before losing in 82. Uh, Stallings won three in a row. Uh, Saban's won three in a row twice, but they have not been able to get it to four in a row. So, uh, and then of course, you know, with Auburn coming to to, uh, to uh, Brian Denny next year, where they haven't even been competitive in a number of years, you would think you'd have a great chance to get it to five in a row. So, this is a you know a, a big game for Alabama for a lot of different reasons. Well, it is, but the biggest reason is they have a shot at the college football playoff. And- I don't care what kind of cataracts Kirk Herbstreit has on his eyes and all these other blowhards and, you know, Heather Dimwit and all these other idiots that don't know anything about football. Uh, you know, now Kirk knows football, but to say that the eye test tells him that Oregon's better than Alabama, well, let me tell you something, son. Hopefully you'll be getting an optometrist appointment because if Alabama beats Georgia in a couple of weeks, it's a big if. Georgia's going to have a 29-game winning streak because I am going to put the onus on them. They're going to take care of Georgia Tech. They're going to they're going to smash them. Be coming in, uh, you know, 12 and 0, trying to win three in a row. But I'm just telling you, if Alabama beats the Georgia Bulldogs in front after taking care of Auburn and it's 12 and 1, then I don't give a crap. Then you need to get you know your eyes checked. Because the eye test would say that Alabama is one of the top four teams in the country. hundred okay? percent. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Drew, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I said this earlier on the show. If that if that scenario plays out uh, and Alabama's not in the playoff, then for for the love of God, please quit calling it the four best teams. Uh, quit, please, please quit this farce of we're trying to get the four best teams. Because we already know that's not – if that were the case, TCU wouldn't have been in last year. So I, I guess my biggest gripe is – just be honest. You're not trying to get the four best teams. You're, you're, whether you're worried about because a conference is not going to be back anymore or this conference hasn't had a team in or you're looking for symmetry. or But, you know, just quit with this. We're trying to get the four best teams in if Alabama goes 12-1 and one and doesn't get in, right? I mean, that, that, that would be the biggest farce in, in the history of the college football playoff. Just stop with that. Well, I would agree. Here's my way where I have no problem with Alabama being out. And I said this on Talking Ball this morning. I Personally, Gary, I don't think they'll be four unbeaten teams, okay? But at the end, if Washington can beat Oregon again and it is undefeated, and Florida State navigates it even without their quarterback and they're undefeated, Michigan or Ohio State is undefeated, uh, you know, and then Georgia, then I have no problem with it. To me, that's the four best teams and you're all undefeated, and go go somebody win it, okay? But to me, that never happens, okay, Gary? 
So I don't think it. Now I will say this: I think the committee prays that happens because then it's easy. Yeah. Then it, there's really no decision to be made. So, but I think it's going to get complicated because I think uh, two or three of these teams are going to lose, whether it be Washington, whether it be Florida State. Uh, and of course, we know one of Michigan and Ohio State is going to lose, but I think one of them will be undefeated. But still, and then if Georgia loses to Alabama, and then you still got a one-loss Texas, it's going to make for some very difficult decisions. But what I said on the show is, I was throwing out a scenario that what if Texas is twelve and one, Alabama's twelve and one, and Oregon's twelve and one? Well, to me, Alabama has the best resume. I know uh, that, that, uh, that uh, you know, and, and even with and Georgia would be twelve and one as well, and Alabama would still have a better resume than Georgia because to me they'd have better wins than Georgia. And the thing that would help Alabama is a loss to Texas. Who would be in that conversation with those four? Because Texas would be among the top, you know, five, six teams in the country. And while they did lose head to head to Texas, Texas doesn't have a win over Georgia, which Alabama would have. And I think that win over Georgia would carry a ton of weight because, again, it's a team that would have won 29 in a row. And then to me, Georgia would be left out in the cold if there's three other unbeaten teams because of the just the fact that their that their schedule they didn't play a Texas like Alabama did. If they had played somebody like that, then they might have had an argument. But I think sometimes it's also when you lose and who you lose to. And so Alabama's going to have their shot if they don't beat Auburn, if they don't beat uh, Georgia, they have no argument. But they have a chance to to definitely have a strong one if they can win out uh, and win the SEC title. Uh, looking at some of these other rivalries that certainly it, it could benefit uh, uh, Alabama if Alabama wins and, and, and these go the way that uh, you know, you'd like them to as an Alabama fan. You think Florida, hey, it's a battle of backup quarterbacks now. Uh, you know, obviously Travis is out. If, if Mertz were healthy, I would really give Florida a good shot here, but they're on their backup, although the kid played pretty well coming in against Missouri. Does Florida have a shot in your mind to knock off Florida State in Gainesville? They have a shot but I would give it 25% or less because the Gators just seem to be state bit. Uh, you know, Gary, they, they, they really should have beat Missouri. I mean, I, it was fourth and 17. Yeah, this is the analogy I made, and I don't want to run off into the ditch. But what I, what I did was I, I compared them to Mike Sheila's Alabama team, who always seemed to find a mm-hmm. way to lose. Very much so. I yeah. mean, that reminded, that reminded me of first and two and fourth and 19 in the same game where Alabama could not, uh, you know, uh, finish off Adamus Maximus, a.k.a. Philip Fulmer. They had him on the ropes. They should have won that game at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and they let him off the hook. Well, the Gators, they let uh, Missouri off the hook. And Missouri's having a great year. But Missouri got off the hook there. The Gators would have already been bowl eligible. Now, I think the Gators have enough talent to make the game very interesting. But the thing is, can they finish? And they haven't been able to finish all year. So my my uh, prediction would be, and, I, and as far as I know, Gary, I haven't rechecked it uh, in the last day or two. It's been like a one-score spread. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if the, the Seminoles win something like a, a, a 24-17 type game. Texas Tech uh, in Texas. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of juice between these two teams. Uh, it's in Lubbock Friday night uh, at 6:30 on ABC. Obviously, Texas has got a better team, but um, they'll be jacked up in Lubbock now. And, and Texas Tech has had its moments against Texas, as, as we know. Uh, any shot here for the Red Raiders to help Alabama out? 
Well, yeah, I think there's a slight one. I mean, I think they're, they're, their coaching staff's doing a good job. It's a more talented Texas Tech team. Uh, now they'd have to put together their best 60 minutes of football. And to Sark's credit, his kids have found a way. I mean, it wasn't pretty against Iowa State nor TCU, uh, but they found a way to get it done, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and they've really, in the last month, had several gut checks where they found a way to win. And now they've got Quinn Ewers back. So I would probably think that Texas would pull out a close game against Texas Tech. But, again, I do think there is a shot in Lubbock for uh, the Red Raiders to, to knock off the Longhorns. And if that happens, it's, it's not, it, it would help out Alabama quite a bit because they would have a better resume than Texas. And yet Texas would still probably be a top 11, 12 team in the country. So it would almost be a, a like uh, when Oklahoma State, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. got, got uh, was dropped by Iowa State in 2012 that let let Alabama have a shot to get back into the BCS and embarrass Notre Dame. <laughs> All right, um, the Apple Cup on Saturday. Washington is at home in Seattle against Washington State. No, I, I like Washington here. Uh, they, I know they've struggled a little bit in the last month, Gary, and they've had to pull out a lot of close games. But I know, and I know Washington State can score, but I just really don't think anybody's going to beat them in Seattle. Uh, and this is this is the last Apple Cup game potentially for a while uh, because of what, where Washington State's going to be in the, in the Mountain West unless they decide to play each other. Now mm-hmm. I don't know how those administrations are going to handle that with Washington going to the Little Ten. But you know we'll see. But uh, I, I think Washington and Penix gets it done and. Penix uh, and Bo Nix are going to have a rematch in the in the uh, you know Pac-12 championship game, and the winner of that game will be in the playoff, and and uh, would probably along with Jaden Daniels be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. And the Beavers had a chance, uh, had a really good chance to knock off Washington. They couldn't do it at home, and now they go to Eugene, uh, uh, you know, travel from Corvallis to Eugene to take on uh, um, the Ducks on Friday night. Yeah, they do, and, and I, it'll be a, an emotional game. Uh, and, and Oregon State has a good football team, but I, do. I just think that the Ducks, they, I really like Oregon and the way they play. I don't think they have as good a resume as Alabama because of their schedule strength, but I'm just talking about, I guess I'll use the Kirk Street eye test. The eye test for me, think, I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I think if that game had not been at Washington or if Lanning had decided to play to his defense a little more and punt the football, I think Oregon would have won that game and we'd be talking about Oregon potentially being undefeated and playing in the playoff. And Bo Nix as well as he played in that game, if you remember, Gary, Bo Nix would probably be the front runner for the Heisman. Uh, but, I, you know, they, they dropped that game. But I like the balance that Oregon has. Uh, and I think they'll find a way to get it done. And, again, we just said it with the Apple Cup. I think they call Oregon and Oregon State the Civil War. Well, that'll be the last time potentially for the Civil War for a while. Yeah, that's right. And I want to correct something I said earlier. Texas Tech in Texas is in Austin and not in Lubbock. That'll make it even okay. tougher for the Red Raiders. That's, that's, my, that's my mistake. Uh, all right, and finally, how do you see Michigan and Ohio State playing out? I like Ohio State because I think they're a lot better defensively under Jim Knowles. I think they've improved. Two years ago, I thought they were really soft. Last year, there was a little bit of a transition year, Gary. This is year two. I think they're a lot better on defense. I don't. I, I, it doesn't impress me. I'm sorry. When, uh, especially in this era of football, where passing the football is so prevalent, when. Uh, 
you know, Michigan can go to Penn State and not throw a pass in the second half. And, you're, and you think you got a big-time quarterback. So, to me, I thought Maryland kind of exposed Michigan a little bit. Uh, I think that Michigan's really good, but I don't know that they're great. And I think Ohio State has the best outside guy, Marvin Harrison Jr. Their, their running game is much better. Their tailback is healthy. And, and plus, Ryan Day needs this game. He's laid two turns in a row. If he lays three turns in a row, he's going to be on the hot seat. And so, and we, I think the loser of this game is out of the playoff, Gary, because I just don't believe in their strength of schedule. Uh, you know, I think the winner will whitewash Oklahoma in the uh, in the uh, 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 it, it, or excuse me, Oklahoma. I'm sorry, oh, whitewash Iowa. Sorry, if don't even correct that. Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, and so I think though the winner will be uh, undefeated, twelve and uh, be twelve, thirteen. I guess it'll be thirteen and zero. The winner will be a thirteen and zero college football playoff participant. But, and I know it's in Ann Arbor, but I just like uh, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes to pull out a close one against the Wolverines. All right, Drew, great stuff. Real quickly before you go, uh, we don't normally take uh, uh, callers for guests, but I know Pat is a big fan of yours, so I'm going to let him uh, ask you a question. I'll just cut Drew off. All right, Pat, go ahead. Uh, call him back. And, yeah. and Pat, get, uh, what's your question? I just did morning, Drew. I didn't get the call this morning. I was on the road. But anyway, I wanted to talk about oh, – but do, you, do you believe that uh, Alabama has to go five points at least 21 uh, ahead of uh, Auburn this weekend? Uh, what are you thinking about that? All right, Pat, thank you. I'll get uh, We'll get Drew back on, and, and I accidentally okay. cut him off when I went to right. you. So I'm going to drop you, Pat. Thank you, Yeah, thank you, Pat. And then we'll get Drew back on, and I'll ask him about the style points question. So <laughs> my Pat, as soon as you get him back up. Okay, all right, let's go. Let's go back up with Drew. Sorry about that, Drew. Pat wanted to ask you a question. I cut you off when I went to him, but he wanted to know if you think if uh, Alabama needs to get some style points to make that case for the college football playoff. In other words, blow Auburn out down there. Well, I mean, it certainly won't help. I mean, would help. I mean, but again, I, I just, they need to win, okay? Now, I know people are thinking about two years ago, but I'll just say this. I think this Alabama team is better than two years ago as an all-around football team, and this Auburn team isn't as good as that one two years ago. That Auburn team had more dudes at pass rush and DL, and Alabama's offensive line was a, was a patchwork group. Uh, and I think it's a lot better now. You've got a dual-threat quarterback uh, in uh, Jalen Milrow that can hurt you with his legs and his arm. And uh, I just think overall, when you look at it, and remember, see, one of the reasons that game was close in, in uh, two years ago is Jamison Williams got kicked out the game, Gary. That's remember right. That? Sure did. First uh, half. Special teams. Yep. yep. Now, Jory Brooks stepped up big and had the tying touchdown, and they ended up winning it in the, in the, in the four overtimes. But again, if Jamison Williams is on the field, it may have changed a lot of things because he's a first-round draft. He's the highest draft receiver in that particular draft. So, but I just think that this Alabama team is better defensively, uh, no question about it. And I just think Alabama can win it and will win it by multiple scores. Uh, I think they will wear Auburn down. And I don't know how much style points it'll give them because Auburn is a is a six and five team. So I don't think that even if Alabama won fifty to nothing, and I don't expect that. I mean, this is Iron Bowl. You know, Auburn. I've only seen Auburn lay down one time in my life, and that was 2012 when Gene Chizik was out the door, mm-hmm. and it was 49 to nothing, and it could have been 99 to nothing. And they just didn't show up. And I was mm-hmm. in Bryant Denny Stadium, but I, Auburn will fight. Hugh Freeze will have his team fight. 
I just think Alabama will end up winning it, and they'll win it rather impressively, but I'm not sure they'll move up a ton. I mean, they'll move up because, again, Ohio State Michigan will lose uh, one of those two, and we may have another team fall. So they'll move up a couple spots, but, again, their shot at the title is, I don't know if people remember the the, the, uh, the scene in Lethal Weapon where, you know, where he said, you did you want a shot at the title? And he said, yes, I do. Well, Alabama will get that shot uh, if they can beat Auburn and get to Georgia. Drew, listen, I'm up against the clock, so I got to go fast. But thank you, my friend. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate it, Gary. All right, 1026, let's get to the break. Noah, I'll come back, and we'll have a quick rejoin. we got to get back on time for our contest, uh, trivia contest, and Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report. And in the final segment, we'll do my SEC point spread prediction. Stay with us. We'll back after this. Spent at 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming partially sunny today, noticeably cooler, the high 54. Clear tonight, the low 36. Tomorrow for Thanksgiving, partly to mostly sunny, the high 57. And Friday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 100.9. Happy holidays. All right, 1028. It's the holiday season, and uh, we are ready to go here on the Gary Harris Show. All right, listen, i got to get right back to breaks and get us back on time. But listen, when we come back on the other side of the break, uh, the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard gets the, the Auburn perspective on the Iron Bowl, plus Bama football trivia. It'll be built around the Iron Bowl, and uh, we will run our contest. I'll tell you all about it when we get back. Stay with us. Santa Claus is coming around. The covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1032, welcome back in. Here we go, folks. We're combining uh, a Friday and a Wednesday <laughs> into one show. So uh, we've got the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard coming up. But first, it's Bama football trivia time, courtesy of the T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery, University Mall. And uh, also want to mention to you Black Friday sale at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall uh, on Friday. Buy one item at regular price, get the second item at half price, anything in the store, including menswear and that great Bama football memorabilia. Uh, all right, here is uh, the question for the Bama football trivia contest and 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number on the First of Main Condos hotline. And uh, you can also use the app and send your uh, answer into Noah. And I know some people, you know, message me on social media. If you do that and I see the answer and it's correct, I'll make sure you get uh, qualified as well. So here is the question. It's going to be built around the Iron Bowl, of course. And uh, I get people complaining that it's too easy. And then I get people complaining that it's too hard. So I try to make something kind of in the middle. All right, here is the question. Who is the last Alabama football coach to win the Iron Bowl in his first attempt? who is the last Alabama football coach to win the Iron Bowl in his first attempt? That is the question. And you can start calling now, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. Also, you can use the app and send your answer in. Noah has the app up, so he'll see it. 
and uh, are you you know message me on social media and if i see it one more time the question because we're going to qualify you the entire segment while i'm interviewing brett phone lines are going to be open who is the last alabama head coach to win the Iron Bowl in his first attempt? That is the question, and we are going to keep the phone lines open this entire segment, even into the break. All right, let me jump out on the one line that we do have tied up for our guest, and that's Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Butch, who is uh, gracious enough to move up from Friday to Wednesday so we can preview the Iron Bowl. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Gary. How are you, buddy? Doing well, man. Before we look ahead, I, I want to get your perspective. What in the heck happened? What, what was that last Saturday against New Mexico State? Man, I... You know, you were one of the first people I thought of as soon as the game was over because I thought, man, what am I going to say next week? What's <laughs> on the show after this? I, I really I, – I don't have any words, uh, Gary, to be honest with you. I, I don't really know. I, in really all my years of watching Auburn football and, and watching college football, you know from time to time, you know, there'll be a team that, you know, that you put on the schedule that is supposed to be a guaranteed win and your team goes out there and you play flat for a half and – you don't play well, and maybe they play above their head, and then you look up, and you know they're in the game at the end, but you end up finding a way to win. Or mm-hmm. sometimes they may end up beating you by a field goal late because you've just played so bad, and they played so well that you know it kind of neutralized the uh, the discrepancy. But you know, right out of the gate, uh, you you could tell uh, for whatever reason that Auburn was flat. Uh, there was no energy. Um, the, the, you know, New Mexico State was an eight win team, and. You know, they came into that game with a really good quarterback and, and a team that, that had won, I can't remember, maybe seven games in a row, I can't remember. Uh, and they had a lot of momentum, and they and they were able to, to get on the board early, and and it gave them confidence. And, you know, Auburn was able to answer, but he just never felt like Auburn was in sync. And the thing that surprised me the most was the defense. Couldn't get off the field on third down. And you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, the longer that goes on, the longer that persists in a game, the more you give confidence to the other team. And, you know, you uh, got to give credit to Diego Pavia. The guy made plays. And he he was always one step ahead, it seemed like. And, um, you know, this guy was in control. And you could tell the team had a lot of confidence because of him and what they were doing. And, uh, you know, they came to win the football game. They didn't come to, to make a good showing or, or to just collect a check. Uh, they came to win a football game, and you can tell by the play calling and, you know, that fake punt that mm-hmm. was extremely crucial. And then instead of kicking the field goal down there, going going ahead and trying to score, and, and they did, to put the game away and uh, and to make a statement. So, you know, I tip my hat to them. They came to play, and Auburn didn't come to play, and I don't know how much to read into that. Uh, if you look at last week at Arkansas and then you look at this past week, with that, you, you can't get a more schizophrenic, shot of a team you know mm-hmm. to go on the road and win in an sec you know at an sec opponent like auburn did against arkansas and then to come home against a team that you pretty much had a win guaranteed on you felt like and and just not get beat but just get hammered talking with brett pritchard from the auburn blitz okay that game's in the uh, the rearview mirror and now it's the iron bowl and um if i'm an auburn fan and, and i've been on some of the auburn boards and and i'm gonna be you know would be saying the same thing hey man this game has nothing to do with that game. Uh, I always, you know, I talk about this. Every team's fan base always looks at best case scenario. That's what you should do. Uh, you know, and if you're an Auburn fan right now, you're looking at uh, we're at home. Uh, we blew out Arkansas. Alabama hung on to beat Arkansas at home. Uh, you know, you see 
all the things that can happen. And you do look back to two years ago when Alabama was a much bigger favorite than they are this year. So uh, best case scenario for Auburn fans is that uh, – you know, you see that other Auburn team that you're talking about and not the one you saw this past Saturday. Because, you know, I think you and I both know it will take Auburn. Uh, Auburn's probably best game to have a chance to win. Would you agree? Uh, there, there's no question. I mean, there, there, there's no doubt about it. I, I feel like, and we've said this a long time uh, on our show, uh, I think there's a game during the season that you're going to play your best football, and I think there's a game during the season you're going to play your worst football, and everything else is really who you are. And and I think there's there there's a lot to that. And you can go back. It doesn't matter if you if you're an undefeated team or if your team has won three or four games. Uh, you play your best football. Everything clicks on that one particular Saturday. And then there's times that you go out there, and nothing works. But if you're a really good football team, you can actually overcome playing really bad sometimes to win games. So this Auburn team is just not to the point where they can go out and play a bad game against a lesser-than opponent like New Mexico State and win the game. They can't just go roll the football out there and expect to win. They've got to play really good football almost every Saturday to have a chance to win. And uh, But you're right. I think you, you put it in the rearview mirror. We had Will Herring on our show yesterday, the sideline reporter uh, for Auburn and former Auburn uh, linebacker and, and safety. And it's just what he said. He said, you know, you, you flip the page as a player. And uh, you crash that one. Uh, although it was embarrassing to, to the program and, and how you play personally, uh, you look forward to a new opportunity. And I think that's what you've got to do, but you're right. Uh, Auburn's going to have to play extremely well. And Auburn played really well against Georgia earlier in the year. Oh, no and, doubt about uh, it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I, think, I, and I think that's the crazy thing, Gary, we've seen a lot this year in the SEC really save Alabama and, and Georgia. There's, on any given Saturday, anybody can get beat. If you go out and, and, and don't play well and the other team is playing above their head, they, they're going to beat you. You've got to come bring your A game. But against an Alabama and a Georgia, you have to play perfect football to win the game But if you're outmanned. And I think Auburn, obviously, right now with the roster, the situation they're in, uh, definitely is outmanned. But you can't look at it on paper. you got to go out. The coaches, they have to come up with a game plan to try to figure out weaknesses from the other team to see what they can exploit to give themselves a chance to, to be successful. So um, you're right. I don't think you should read a lot into that New Mexico State loss. I also don't think you should read a lot into that blowout win in Arkansas. I think you just got to go out and, and play the game. And, uh, you know, Auburn's got some pieces, you know, on offense that if they can get some things going, you know how momentum is in a game. And I think if Auburn's defense can return to its form and play with some energy, I think they can – be in a position to call some problems for Alabama. Just got a social media message. Ask Brett if he thinks Auburn was working on Alabama last week instead of New Mexico State. It, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not there. But, you know, it's hard not to think that when you have a game between – they call trap games trap games for a reason. Usually it's uh, another uh, in-conference opponent that's between a game like this and – uh, you would say that's a trap the game. You can't overlook it. But I, there's no question. I think the coaching staff and uh, the, the players were looking forward uh, to an Iron Bowl at home. I think they already had counted that as a win. Uh, I think most everybody had counted that as a win. I mean, you're paying a team $1.85 million to come play you at your place. Uh, you, you feel like you're going to win that game. And Auburn was coming off a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. 
uh, even though the opponents weren't the best, they they had had some momentum and were playing better football. So I, I definitely think – I'm not using that as an excuse, but I definitely think that had a factor in it. Brett, let me ask you this. Uh, Peyton Thorne, you know – Kind of took over the starting quarterback job, and 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 Robbie Ashford, you know, became a backup. We know early in the year uh, they were splitting time. Based on what happened last year, uh, when Ashford, uh, even though Alabama's offense was a little too much for Auburn, uh, Auburn moved the ball on the ground with that, I guess, you know, single wing, whatever it was, and and Robbie Ashford, you know, running that attack. You still got Carnell Williams on that staff who put that game plan together last year for the Iron Bowl. Do you think uh, we we might see Robbie Ashford? play a bigger role in this game than he has the last several games? I, I really want to say no, okay. Gary. I think, I think Auburn has figured out that they want to stay with, with Peyton Thorne. And, you know, it's been working uh, the last four or five weeks outside of, outside of that debacle last Saturday. Again, it's an anomaly. And, you know, I, did, I think Peyton Thorne, his effort was there. Yeah, Saturday. he played I, okay I, that I, game. Auburn just didn't I have the ball. They were, well, <laughs> they didn't have the ball, and you know, I think the pieces around Peyton Thorne didn't didn't show up. Right. I think our offensive line had one of its worst games. I thought our receivers maybe uh, didn't make plays when they had a chance to make plays, and you know, it just seems like our running game never got off the ground. But you could tell he was frustrated. I, I, I saw the passion out there so you know it's easy to point at a quarterback when when you have a bad loss and it's easy to give them all the praise when they win so i i i think you're going to stick with Peyton thorne in this game unless just something falls apart you feel like you got to go out there to more of a you know like you said a single wing attack where you're just trying to attack on the ground so um i, I think you'll see Peyton thorne in there uh majority of the game if not the whole game the game uh, will be decided between the lines. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, it's on the field. And I like I like what Saban said this week because everybody was so I'm not really trying to bait him into it, but trying to get him into the, you know, the, the it's a different game when it's a Jordan Hare and, you know, weird things happen and all that. He just said, you know, my experience here, I think the team that played the best, um, you know, the team that deserved to win the game won the game, which I thought was a great answer. And uh, not, you know, not gonna gonna get gonna get into that. But there's no doubt. Uh, you and I have discussed this the last several years. Uh, this uh, Alabama lately has, you know, when it's been in Bryant Denny, it's it's been pretty much a one sided game. But when Auburn has that game at Jordan Hare, the fan base just treats it differently and uh, they are a factor. I mean, I've been down there for an Iron Bowl. It, uh, you know what what factor do you think the fans and and the environment can be if if nothing else making it difficult for Alabama's offense to you know to to get the snap and so forth how big a factor if any do you think that the fans will be on Saturday well Jordan Hare Stadium is like anywhere else and and I think uh if your team's playing well it gets louder as the game goes on and it, the closer the game toward the end the more difficult it is for the opposing team and I think just like any road team, when you come into opponent stadium, you want to take the crowd out as early as possible. You want to try to neutralize that, make that a non-factor. And, um, and I think that helps the opposing team more than, than people would like to think. But I think Nick Saban hit the nail on the head. 99% of the time in this game, the team that plays the best wins the game. doesn't matter where you play. And uh, you make plays. You figure out a way to make plays when when you have to, to uh, you know, to, to in crucial times of a game to win the game. So, um, but going back to Jordan-Hare Stadium, you know, back when uh, in 2017, you know, Alabama struggled in the fourth quarter with the snap count, and they 
uh, fumbled the, the snap a couple of times, had a couple of false starts in a key moment in the game. Again, that was late in the game. I think as the game goes along, if the game's tight, the pressure mounts on the opposing team. Uh, and because of the environment, that's when I really think it has an impact. But it'll be it'll be a raucous crowd early. But if Alabama comes in and makes you know some big plays and gets up fourteen to nothing or, or or you know jumps out ahead, you know it'll neutralize that a lot. So I think it all depends on how Auburn plays and how they show up early. All right, before we get to uh, to your score prediction, just your analysis of Hugh Freeze first season. Um, you know they're. Auburn's bowl eligible, which I, I think you said to me going into the season. Hey, if this team can get to bowl, you can't call it a bad season. Uh, there have been some high moments. There have been some tough losses. There have been some some really good wins. Uh, you know, what would you uh, make of Coach Freeze's first season? I know we still have the Iron Bowl to play, but with where Auburn stands right now. I think that was goal number one with the roster flip over uh, and everything that that uh, you know that went on in the offseason and Hugh Freeze really being there in January getting things started and uh I think that was the main goal. Can you can you assemble a roster and get this team unified enough to win six or seven football games and uh they've done that. You know, Auburn, let's just be honest, should be be seven and four. Uh if they'd have played up to their capability, they would have won that game and um there's no other way that I can be convinced. I just felt like for whatever reason it was just one of those weird days and so but nevertheless they, they won six and uh you know they've got a chance in this iron bowl uh with it being at home so i think they accomplished probably their biggest goal because you're going to get those extra practices you're going to get that extra work and i think it all comes down to recruiting so i think coach freeze has done a really good job so far recruiting there's still work to do there's still some guys out there that are sitting that if the auburn's able to get those those guys signed um you know could really vault this recruiting class on up into the top 10 so uh, I, I would say to this point, I think Coach Freeze has had a pretty successful year. Again, you got to take the good with the bad when you're trying to rebuild and trying to, to get a program back to a, a winning culture. And I think that's just part of it. And that's what you're going to have to live with for the next year or so. All right. Great stuff. Uh, before you go, your uh, your prediction for Saturday. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it all depends on how the game gets started. And, and and I think Auburn, if they can get some confidence, can really make it tough. Again, like you said a couple of years ago with Bryce Young coming in there and, you know, Auburn playing the way it had, nobody really gave Auburn a chance in that game. And, uh, you know, T.J. Finley found a way to make a play early, uh, throw a touchdown pass to Kobe Hudson. And uh, all of a sudden you look up, it's in the third quarter, and Auburn's still ahead. And then you get in the fourth quarter, and Auburn's still ahead. And So uh, can the defense play – can the defense – do well enough to keep Auburn in the game. I think that's the key. They did against Georgia. They played well enough to keep Auburn in the game. And, you know, Auburn was a couple of plays on offense away from, from winning that game. And, you know, again, it is tough in that stadium on the opposing team. And I think Auburn will bring good energy. So I do think it'll be a little bit closer than, than people think. But I think Jalen Milrow uh, discovering a few weeks ago that he can run the football the way he does uh, will be the difference in the game. He's just playing good football. So I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say 35-21, Alabama. All right. Thank you, Brett, and uh, uh, appreciate it. And uh, you and your family have a great uh, Thanksgiving. And um, you do have an Auburn Blitz coming up today, right? 
Yes, sir. We'll be on the air, and then we'll be off for Thanksgiving, and we'll be back on for an Iron Bowl edition on Friday. So, uh, But, yeah, Gary, happy Thanksgiving to you too, buddy. Thank you, man. All right, Brett Pritchard with the All Auburn right. Report. All right, before we get to the break, uh, we're still running the contest. I was uh, had so much to do. Again, I'll tell you what you're playing for. You're playing for the Iron Men Print uh, numbered print by uh, signed uh, by Greg Gamble and uh, uh, as well as three players: Julio Jones, uh, Eric Anders, and Terrence Cody. Uh, symbolic of Alabama's thirty-six to nothing win over Auburn in the two thousand eight Iron Bowl. And uh, we're still qualifying people. And we're going to have to go ahead here in a minute and shut it down because Noah's got to get back to uh, to running the show. In fact, he's got to hit this break as we get ready to go to the break. But we will also come back with my SEC point spread prediction. So in the final segment, SEC point spread prediction as well as our uh, contest answer and our winner as we'll roll the roulette wheel. That's coming up next right here on the Gary Harris Show. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Wednesday. We'll discuss the Iron Bowl. Also, Dad will pick his blue plate special one day early in the second hour. Bill Cameron will talk to us about the mindset of the Auburn Tigers as we get ready for the Iron Bowl. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Patterson Comer is Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paris. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming partially sunny today, noticeably cooler, the high 54. Clear tonight, the low 36. Tomorrow for Thanksgiving, partly to mostly sunny, the high 57. And Friday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. All right, 1055, welcome back in. That's the Friday uh, closeout song, but since we're closing out the week here uh, today, we wanted to play Home Sweet Home for you. All right, real quickly, we got to move. Let me do my point spread predictions. I was three and four last week. This week, week 13, I've got Bama minus the 14 and a half at Auburn. I'm going to take Ole Miss on the road. I think they're going to win big over Mississippi State, minus the 10 against the Bulldogs. I'll take Missouri minus the seven and a half at Arkansas. Louisville minus seven at home against Kentucky. I'm going to take A&M plus the 11.5 at LSU. I'll take Tennessee minus the 27 against Vanderbilt. That game's in Knoxville. Listen to this. I think Florida's going to play FSU tough. They might not win, but I'm going to take the 6.5. Don't ask me why. Just feel it. Florida plus 6.5 against Florida State and Gainesville. Georgia laying the 24 in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. And I'm going to take South Carolina plus the 7 against Clemson. I think that game goes down to the wire. Again, this week, I've got Bama, Ole Miss, Missouri, 
Louisville, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. All right, now to the trivia. Our question was, who was the last Alabama coach to win his first attempt at the Iron Bowl? The answer, Dennis Franchoni in 2001. Nick Saban lost his first Iron Bowl. Mike Shula lost all four of his Iron Bowls. But Dennis Franchoni won in 2001 at Jordan-Hare Stadium, 31-7. to How many qualifiers do we have, Noah? 28. 28 qualifiers. Everybody has a number in the order in which you qualified, 1 through 28. We'll roll the computer roulette wheel, and wherever it stops, that's our winner. Give it a spin. What's the number, and who's the winner? Uh, number 11, Alf. Uh, I think, do, do we know Alf? Um, wait, can you hear me okay? Yeah, Alf. Yeah, Alf. Yeah. Yeah, uh, do we have a phone number for Alf? Yes, I okay, do. Okay, good, because I'm. I've, I know. I think Alf's called in before. All right, Alf, you're the you're the winner. We'll be getting in touch with you and uh, making arrangements for you to pick up your beautiful Iron Men print signed by Terrence Cody, Julio Jones, and Eric Anders, uh, signed and numbered by the artist as well, commemorating the 2008 Iron Bowl. It is a beautiful, beautiful. All these prints. Sometimes when people get these prints, they say, oh, "I didn't know they were big." Yeah, they're all big prints. <laughs> they're all they're all suitable for framing. In in your Bama room or your den or on your hall, wherever you want to put it. So congratulations to Alf. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. We've got uh, the Miller's Edge coming up next at 11 a.m. Great sports talk with noon until 2 with uh, uh, Big Noon Sports. And then from 2 until 6, Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game. Again, a reminder, I'm the media guest tonight on the Nick Saban Show. Hey, Coach, and the Nick Saban Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 95.3 The Bear. For Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Enjoy the holiday, everybody. Everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday, recapping the Iron Bowl and looking ahead to the SEC Championship game. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.